here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, You know, uh, I'm starting to think, ladies and gentlemen, that the reason uh, Donald Trump was illegitimately charged in Manhattan and why the DA in Atlanta is potentially going to do the same thing and while and we have Jack the Knife or Jack the Ripper in uh, special counsel's office in Washington I'm starting to think this is all being done to immunize the Bidens so if they're ever charged with anything they can say well look at Trump now all the The interest today, certainly not with 98% of the corrupt Democrat Party media, but with everybody else, is in a letter that was transmitted to Meritless Garland and Christopher Wray by Senator Charles Grassley, ranking member of the Budget Committee in the Senate, and Representative James Comer, Chairman of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. It says... Dear Attorney General Garland and Director Ray, we have received legally protected and highly credible classified whistleblower disclosures. Based on those disclosures, it has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation possess an unclassified FD-1023 form that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It's been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Now let's stop there. That's the first paragraph. I wonder if the FBI and or DOJ have destroyed this evidence. I'm not saying they have. I have no idea. I'm wondering out loud 
Based on alleged specificity within the document, it would appear that the DOJ and the FBI have enough information to determine the truth and accuracy of the information contained within it. However, it remains unclear what steps, if any, were taken to investigate the matter. The significant public interest in assessing the FBI's response to this information, as well as growing concern that the DOJ and FBI's track record of allowing political bias to infect their decision-making processes necessitate exacting congressional oversight. The DOJ and the FBI appear to have valuable, verifiable information that you have failed to disclose to the American people. Therefore, Congress will proceed to conduct an independent and objective review of this matter, free from those agencies' influence. Transparency brings accountability, Chuck Grassley and James Comer. Now, what they've done is issued a subpoena, and they're giving the department a week to turn over the document. The White House says this is pure politics, and that's all the Republicans care about. And it's amazing, isn't it? It's Donald Trump is under one criminal investigation after another, one civil suit after another. And Joe Biden isn't even facing a grand jury, despite the fact that he's corrupt as hell. I don't put this past Joe Biden at all. Meanwhile, I just heard it reported that in the case of Hunter Biden, the Department of Justice is looking at potentially two misdemeanors, one felony and one false statement. That's peanuts. People who paraded and trespassed on Capitol Hill property, including those waved in by law enforcement and those who just did it on, on the ground, have faced worse than this. You're telling me a five-year investigation, two misdemeanors, one felony and one false statement, the false statement relating to an illegally purchased gun? See, they're not serious about enforcing gun laws, lying on your application. He didn't reveal that he had been a drug addict or was. Tax issues, because Hunter didn't want to pay his fair share. And they want to put an end to this now as fast as possible. Because they do not want a special counsel investigating Hunter Biden and his father. Because his father's a crook. That's right, I said it. I said it and I meant it. All this money flowing into Biden, who's an imbecile, from foreign governments. I haven't seen one report from Maggot Haberman, Jeremy and his Peters, Philip and his bump. The New York Slimes generally, the Washington Compost generally. I haven't seen one report contradicting anything that Peter Schweitzer has reported in his books. Nothing. About 31 million or so flowing into the Biden crime family. Nothing. But I want to thank these IRS whistleblowers, these FBI whistleblowers, there ought to be more, but I want to thank them for coming forward. Obviously, an FBI whistleblower saw this document, this FD-1023, and knows exactly what it described if, in fact, he didn't or she didn't prepare it. 
And the IRS agent has come forward and talked about political obstruction and sabotage, if you will, in the investigations of Hunter Biden. They want to close it down fast before the whistleblowers and the Republicans and the Senate and the House report on the, what they discover. They want to shut it down. They want to get a plea deal. Fast as they can. They want to get it done. Before the, the alimony trial, the child support trial. And a little Arkansas courthouse is underway. They want to get it done. Before the election really takes hold. They want to shut down the Hunter Biden stuff and they continue to encircle Joe Biden like the Praetorian Guard to protect him, including the corrupt media in America. And I want to talk about this. Look, Joe Biden got through law school by plagiarizing somebody else's test he got a second chance most people will be thrown out of law school for doing something like that somehow he got another chance Joe Biden has even lied about the way and I hate to even bring it up but others have his wife and daughter, original wife, first wife, died in a horrendous car accident. Saying the other driver was drunk. The other driver said he was not drunk. And in fact, the accident may have been the fault of, of Joe's family. And Joe has been forced to kind of restate that but he continues to go back to the lie Joe lies Joe Biden has lied about being involved in the civil rights movement on the contrary when Joe Biden got elected to the United States Senate at the age of 29 and was sworn in at the age of 30 he befriended James Eastland Powerful, powerful member of the Senate who'd been there a long time. And Eastland was a full-blown racist and segregationist. And he was opposed to the integration of public schools with black and white kids. And as press reports indicated at the time, how do I know? Because I dug him out, that's how I know. Joe Biden wasn't just a bystander supporting what Eastland was doing. He was actively involved in it. And you've heard the quotes before about the jungle and everything else. Now his supporters say everything's taken out of context. Nothing's taken out of context. Joe Biden was a racist and a segregationist. That's what he was for several years. George Wallace, 
said positive things about him. James Eastland said positive things about him. He wrote positive things to James Eastland. He wasn't a bystander. He was a participant. Kamala Harris knew this. She brought it up during the debates. And I guess he had her as a running mate to shut her up. I don't know. Certainly didn't pick her because of her competence. Joe Biden is a old-time sleazy politician. That's what he is. And the Chinese bought him off. You could take one of the many examples out there, that would be enough. I mean, why would the Chinese Communist Party, the government, pour millions and millions of dollars into the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C.? What conceivable reason would they have other than to buy off Joe Biden? None. What conceivable reason would they have to send money to Hunter Biden and his partners other than to buy influence with the then vice president? None. We have a massive cover-up going on here, and they want you to watch a shiny object where Democrat prosecutors go after Trump. That's exactly what's taking place here. But Joe Biden has a lot of issues. He has no integrity. He is a serial, pathological liar. And he's an incredibly stupid man. I mean, he was stupid from the day he walked in the Senate. I am not joking. He graduated very low in his class at Delaware Law School. In fact, I don't even know how he graduated from Delaware Law School. and went right into politics like Schumer did. Right into politics. So he was an anti-black racist. And now he's an anti-white, anti-Asian racist. Because Joe Biden will do anything, he will say anything for Joe Biden. Now he wants you to believe he's the freedom candidate for president. Unlike all the radical MAGAs out there. The freedom candidate. Well, he reaches into your homes to control your gas stoves, your washing machines, your window air conditioning units, your HVAC systems. He's the freedom candidate while he destroys your right to purchase the kind of automobile that you wish. Drives up the, the cost of gasoline and food. He's the freedom candidate. Well, the border is wide open. The freedom candidate who, who defies the limits on the Constitution that are placed on him. This man is a, is a terrible person. He's a terrible human being. The allegation that was made against him by Tara Reid. It's amazing. Everything about Donald Trump winds up in court. There's a billionaire backing the woman who's sued him for rape, apparently. Tara Reid is unable to sue him because of some statute of limitations difference. That is, unable to sue Biden. 
It's amazing, isn't it? Every case that Donald Trump brings on defamation and libel is thrown out. Virtually every one. Got lots more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. You know, there's a great piece that was in the New York Post about the Democrats and their investigation of Clarence Thomas and and, uh, and others. And uh, it's called Conservative Supreme Court Justice Hit Pieces. We're being lectured on ethics by scoundrels. Wait till the next empty shoe drops. That's how law professor Josh Blackman concludes a discussion of the New York Times open mouth discovery that law schools have summer study abroad programs and sometimes they recruit celebrity professors, even Supreme Court justices, to speak. I want to get into this a little bit more with you when we come back, and there's lots more. We got to jump, and I'll be jumping. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now no, no. at 877-381-3811. No All right. Supreme Court Justice Kentonji Brown Jackson, who doesn't know if she's a woman or not, she had transparency gaps in her financial disclosure forms. This was brought up 
at the hearing yesterday on the high court's ethics by Senator John Kennedy, who asked why the Democrats didn't levy the same scrutiny against her as they did against Clarence Thomas, reports the Washington Examiner. Kennedy's questions came during the hearing, and um, he said Justice Jackson made multiple amendments three days after Biden nominated her to the Supreme Court. Now, one senator brought that up during her confirmation hearings. Now, one of my colleagues here walked into her hearings with the buckets of mud that they've thrown against Justice Thomas. Not one. In September, Jackson disclosed that she had inadvertently omitted, quote-unquote, information about self-employed consulting income that her spouse received from consulting on medical malpractice cases. Her revisions also revealed new information about reimbursements for travel and board memberships stemming back to at least 2014, according to Bloomberg. And Kennedy then blasted the news reports surrounding Thomas, saying that some Democrats and their media allies have attempted hit pieces on the longest serving city justice and his Republican appointed colleagues. He was referring to at least two separate reports from ProPublica. ProPublica on the West Coast is a radical left operation that highlighted Thomas's failure to disclose travel gifts from Crow and so forth. And then Politico got in the game, you know. They got in the game. Went after Gorsuch. But as it turned out, ladies and gentlemen... And I was led astray by something I had read that somebody else had written. Mr. Crow, who was the friend of Clarence Thomas, has had no business in front of the Supreme Court. None. Glenn Reynolds at Instapundent, he points out that all but one justice on the Supreme Court either graduated from Yale or Harvard Law Schools. And those schools, as well as others, provide for all-expense-paid trips, typically overseas, typically during the summer, for certain justices to attend seminars where they get to speak. Vacations, in other words. And Glenn Reynolds, a professor himself at Tennessee Law, says, how come that's not an issue? And there was a Justice Vincent, many decades back, who was a close friend of Harry Truman's. And they would often play poker together, despite the fact that Truman and his administration had cases in front of the Supreme Court. What about that? And there's a zillion other examples, folks. They're going after this court. They're trying to terrorize the justices. And they are creating a dangerous, dangerous situation for these justices. Very dangerous situation. As Matt Margolis points out on PJ Media, MSNBC dismisses concerns about SCOTUS assassination threats. The assassination threats. 
Last week, Supreme Court Justice Sam Alito told the Wall Street Journal that the leaked draft of his opinion in Dobbs v. Jackson made the justices, quote, targets of assassination, unquote, in the hopes of changing the court's ruling. He said those of us who were thought to be in the majority, thought to have approved my draft opinion, were really targets of assassination. It was rational for people to believe that they might be able to stop the decision at Dobbs by killing one of us. And before mocking, mocking Justice Alito's concerns about assassination threats, Alex Wagner of the Wagner Group, no, just Alex Wagner of MSNBC, first discussed the court's recent stay in a case involving the FDA and the abortion pill. My Pristone, so sorry to interrupt your workflow, Justice Alito, she said. It's just a decision about whether or not millions of people with uteruses across the country can access the most commonly used method of abortion, but sorry for bothering you. Ah, uh, yes, people with uteruses. I think we call them women, don't we? I have to check with a biologist. And then she callously dismisses the concern of conservative justices on the court being targeted with assassination. She said the headline of his newly published interview in the Wall Street Journal is, this made us targets of assassination, which is definitely some kind of headline, she said, refers to threats Alito says were caused by the leak of his own decision in the Dobbs case, the one that overruled Roe v. Wade, and to be crystal, crystal clear here, physical threats against anyone are reprehensible. But the bulk of this interview is not actually about that. The bulk of this interview is Justice Alito describing his outrage that anyone is criticizing the court at all. No, that wasn't the bulk of the interview. Alito didn't object to criticism per se, as Margolis points out, but to the way in which the court has been unfairly targeted and attacked. But Wagner obviously doesn't care. She used the moment to rehash the list of so-called scandals involving conservative justices. Or we can remember the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. These radical Democrats, whether they're dressed up as journalists, senators, or House members, whether they're dressed up as tenured professors or teachers belonging to the NEA and the AFT, they hate you. And any institution that does not bend to their will is to be destroyed. Any individual prominent in such an institution, a principal in such an institution, who doesn't bend the institution to their will is to be destroyed. Across the board, whether you're in the media, whether you're justice on the court, whether you're a presidential candidate, look at what they're doing to DeSantis now. Look how they lie about him, and I warned you about this months and months and months and months ago. That this is what they would do. I wish Trump would cut it out. But my point is the Democrats, this is what they do to Trump, to DeSantis, to everybody. And by the way, it's what the rhinos do too. Chris Sununu, Karl Rove. I don't know why anybody even listens to these clowns anymore. Why would anybody even listen to these buffoons? 
we're up against it here. Do we really want these these retreads? We're busy attacking busy attacking conservatives. Do we really want no we don't, as a matter of fact. No, we don't. So anyway, this entire episode is just another effort to seek and destroy. Trump, seek and destroy. From the moment he decided to become a candidate for president. DeSantis now, seek and destroy. Trump's lawyers, seek and destroy. Doesn't matter. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, crooked, corrupt, crony hack politician, subsidized by the communist Chinese. That's right. Stop playing games around here. He slides like he has his whole life. Like his whole life. Runs for office. The media protect him from the Hunter laptop. He runs for office. The media protect him from Tara Reid. He runs from office. The media protect him from so much information about his crooked association with the communist Chinese and others. He and his family. It's an amazing thing. And here's a guy who barely has his wits. Never had wits, but barely has them now. Old age has not been good to him. Sometimes you'll meet people in their 90s or 100, 105, and you'll say, wow, they're pretty good. Not with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is is not capable of serving as president of the United States. That's why he's not in the White House 40% of the time. That's why he's going to run a campaign again from his basement. That's why the man will not have an unscripted press conference. He will not subject himself to questioning. Because he can't. And the same party, the Democrat Party, that gave us Fetterman. They gave us Feinstein when they knew she couldn't run. Wants to give us yet again Joe Biden. The media want to do it too. Why? They love the agenda. Destroying America. That's at the top of their list, including with the media. Because they hate us and they hate the country. You know, when Joe Biden says MAGA Republicans, he means the same thing Obama meant when Obama talked about Americans who go to church and who own guns and so forth. He's saying the same thing. And when he talks about white supremacy and white privilege, it's an amazing thing. Because he's defining himself. No. Yes or no. What I meant by that is Mr. Former segregationist. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. 
I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. You know, folks, this project I've been telling you about, this new book I'm working on, that is causing the bags under my eyes to get bags under the bags under my eyes, it's really a unique undertaking. And it's intended to assist us in the upcoming months and years, both in terms of the election and thereafter, whether we should win or lose. That's why I've timed this book the way I have. Now, I'm doing everything I can to work on it and to make it very readable, plain English, and yet provide the information that's necessary so you're not wasting your time. I've just told you now more than I'm even supposed to tell you, but so be it. A lot of my past books have included a great deal of theory, philosophy. I'm very, very proud of them, and I'm even more proud of you folks for reading them, or at least acquiring them and giving them to other people. So they'll read them. I suspect this book, in terms of the way I'm writing, it is somewhere between liberty and tyranny and American Marxism. in respect to the way I've laid out the substance. But I never write the same book twice, as you well know. Never. Why? Number one, it's not right. Number two, I'd bore myself. Number three, my wife wouldn't let me anyway. But I never write the same book twice. And you'll say, what's, what's the point? This is a very important point. I'm not allowed to get into the substance. That's the contract right now. But it is tailored for the moment. Not for 100 years from now. Not for 1,000 years. Not for 50 years ago. It's tailored for present day. You can't even get it on Amazon right now if you want to. I'm holding it back for a bit. But I'm not done. Should be done in a little while, but I'm not done. And just so you know, I'm pouring my heart and soul and my brain cells into this thing because I don't think we can we can take too many more steps back without falling off the edge of the earth. I really don't. So this is a little bit more brass knuckle. Sharp teeth, 
little bit more of that. In fact, I don't think I've ever written a book like this before. Built on the same foundations, don't get me wrong. But in many ways, it's a rallying cry. And I've said enough. But just so you know, the show's over tonight. That's what I'll be doing. We cannot give up. Time is short. Time is short. But we cannot cannot give up. I think the only problem we're going to have with this project, this, this book I'm working on, is the reluctance of retail bookstores and warehouses to carry it. More so than anything else I've ever written. That'll become obvious to you when I'm prepared to give you more information. So that, that will be one issue, but we'll work our way around it. And I will be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... Ready? 877-381-3811. We'll be taking calls during the last half of the third hour. 877-381-3811. Ever hear of David Turk? Well, of course not. Who would? David Turk is the Deputy Energy Secretary. The number two gets to drive around in a black limousine with a driver, with security. Gets to do all kinds of cool stuff. Hmm. It's interesting. Nonetheless, he does control your life. Would be interesting to know about him. I want you to listen to this questioning. You know, here's the thing. I've been doing this for 20 years, and depending on what's going on on a given day or a given week or even a a given year, I sort of adjust my format to keep it substantive and to keep it relevant to what's going on so we can think about what's going on and think about what to do about it, if anything, we can do about it. And so most of you who listen to this show, you work for a living or you're retired, you're just doing other things during the course of the day. You're not watching hearings on TV, even if they're available, because you have a life to lead, and I get it. And so... When you kick up your feet, or you're at the dinner table, or you're in your vehicle, I figured this is a good time to acquaint you with what's going on with your country. So David Turk is the Deputy Energy Secretary, and he's questioned by Louisiana Senator John Kennedy. And it's about the budget. Cut one, go. Yeah, but if you could answer my question, if we spend $50 trillion... 
to become carbon neutral in the United States of America by 2050. You're the Deputy Secretary of Energy. Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures. So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Right now. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent fifty trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by two thousand and fifty in the United States of America, how? How much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13% of global emissions. You don't know, right do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global emissions. If you know, why won't you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion. And you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? There or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's the going US to reduce. You, you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. He can't. And he won't. <clears throat> I want you to think about his answer, because there's information in that answer. They're talking about being carbon neutral by, what was it, 2050, Mr. Producer? In about 25 years, if we spend $50 trillion, and it's more than that, as those expenses resonate throughout the economy, it's much more than that. It's hard to believe, but it is. What he's saying there is, even when we're done, because of the rest of the world, we will not be carbon neutral. Let's take it another step. What does that mean? What it means is the extent to which the United States government becomes a police state and controls your life and your lifestyle by claiming to have the ability to control the climate. Man-made. If it's man-made, then Man has to deal with it. That not only will they be changing our form of government and our economic system now, but forever. Even if we in the United States are carbon neutral, whatever the hell that means. I don't even know what that means. Not because I'm stupid, because they don't know what it means. I can assure you that Joe Biden doesn't know what it means. He doesn't even know what carbon is. But that said, what the deputy secretary there is actually saying is there will be no limit ever, ever, to our power to re-engineer, to rejigger human nature. None. And that will be our new constitution. Climate change. Fill in the blank. It will trump the Constitution. It will trump 
capitalism. It will trump private property rights. It will trump civil liberties. It will trump everything. Everything. That is what the man is saying. And by the way, notice how cocky he was when he was saying it, too. But that's what he's saying. Now, Michael Regan is the EPA administrator. And under the Biden budget, he'll get a 19% increase. 19%. That's enormous. And that means forevermore, that 19% will be baked into that budget. Defense, despite the rise of communist China, will get a 3% increase, which means it won't even keep up with inflation. But it shows you the priorities. The priority is to control you. While they have their hands on the steering wheel, they're going to drive this economy into the crapper. While they have the ability to control you, they're going to control you with bells on. Michael Regan, EPA Administrator, cut to go. Well, um, at EPA, we've built environmental justice into our very DNA. And so, uh, number one, we have some very uh, concrete metrics um, that are attached to this $27 billion to be sure uh, that disadvantaged communities and those who are disproportionately impacted have access to this capital. So on the one hand, they tell you, look, you just heard the guy, the deputy energy guy. We can be carbon neutral, zero. But we can't control other countries, right? Because the air out there moves around. It doesn't know sovereignty and borders. And However, when it comes to the United States, within the United States, apparently we do know communities and cities and counties, one from another, when it comes to pollution and all the rest of it. Environmental justice is built into our DNA at the EPA. That damn thing ought to be shut down. Environmental justice. The hell. Who do they think they're kidding anymore? Every single damn angle. Every single damn angle. For redistributing wealth. For controlling your life. For destroying this country. Whether it's race, whether it's climate, whether it's voting, whatever it is. This is a as they call it, a whole society effort to destroy society. And they see their opportunity now on the left. Because they have uh, Mr. Applesauce brain there in the White House. And the, uh, and the radicals in the asylum are running loose. They're running loose. That's why the Democrat Party is the party of American Marxism. They're one and the same. It doesn't matter how it came to be. It did. The Democrat Party is the party of American Marxism, just as earlier in our history was the party of the Confederacy, the party of segregation, the party of Jim Crow. Now, it is the party of Marxism, American Marxism. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Now, uh, having spent this nation into a position of near default, Joe Biden is pushing us into a default crisis because he will not negotiate with the Republicans. You're going to hear this phrase over and over again. I want a clean debt ceiling bill. Because for most people, that sounds good. You like the word clean. It's the opposite of dirty. And these damn Republicans, they're they're trying to stop a clean bill. There is more pork in this bill than ever before in American history more than any two or three budgets combined. The radicals are on a spending spree like we've never seen before in American history, not even in wartime. With an on-budget debt of $31.6 trillion, our economy only produces a little over $18 trillion, and a debt when you include entitlements of about $350 trillion, and Joe Biden has caused other countries to turn on our currency. Our currency is weak. The Fed is trying to counter the incredible amount of deficit spending with higher interest rates. So we have two elements that are at at odds with each other, the monetary system and the fiscal system. It is a disaster. It is disastrous. And Joe Biden will not stop. He will not stop. And so it is he who's creating this circumstance. Even some Democrats are getting cold feet. And you really have to be appalled at Mitch McConnell. I actually thought he was out for the count, but apparently not. Not that I was rooting for it, of course. I'm just saying it. McConnell treads warily around debt limit fight as fears of default catastrophe grow. The deadline to avert a catastrophe debt default is nearing, but Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is refusing to get involved in finding a solution, instead putting the onus on Speaker McCarthy and President Biden to resolve it. So there you go. There's your Republican leader. The word leader? In the United States Senate. 
President and the Speaker need to reach an agreement to get us past this impasse. That's my message going down to the White House. It'll be my message in the White House meeting. So he pretends he has clean hands. Now, this is the guy in November who helped Schumer and Pelosi pass a massive spending bill with massive debt that Biden couldn't sign fast enough. He shuffled into that signature room, boy, and he signed it. And now he pretends he has clean hands, you see. Oh, no, not me. No, your hands are filthy, Mitch. Your fingerprints are all over this. Your DNA is everywhere. That's right. But now, now he treads warily, is the headline in NBC News. That's McCarthy's problem. That's the problem of the House Republicans. Let them figure it out. I just dumped it in their lap. It's not my problem. Really? How much pork did McConnell load up in that last budget? A ton. The longest serving leader of any party in American history in the Senate. And since he's been leader of the Republicans, the budget has exploded in the Senate. He's been utterly ineffective. Utterly ineffective. So he's going to sit on the sidelines to hell with the country. I want you to remember that when he's busy trying to pick Senate candidates uh, who he can rely on to vote for him for the leadership position. But there's more. There's more. All of a sudden the question has become, is the debt limit constitutional? Well, who asked? Joe Biden and his aides. In other words, and I prepared you for this last week when I read to you what the 14th Amendment had to say. And so this is in DNYUZ, something about New York. A standoff between House Republicans and President Biden over raising the nation's borrowing limit has administration officials debating what to do if the government runs out of cash to pay its bills. They won't negotiate. Including one option, ready? That previous administrations had deemed unthinkable, but not Joe. That option is effectively a constitutional challenge to the debt limit. I told you about this last week. I know what I'm talking about on this stuff. Under the theory, the government would be required by the 14th Amendment to continue issuing new debt to pay bondholders, Social Security recipients, government employees and others, even if Congress fails to lift the limit before the so-called deadline. Now, let's slow down. Social Security is already taken care of. I've explained this. Medicare is protected. Veterans benefits are protected. Unless, of course, Joe Biden and his Treasury hacks decide to play with them, to create as much pain as possible, to force the Republicans' hands... And you see McConnell on the side. Shut up, you idiot. That theory rests on the 14th Amendment Clause stating that the validity of the public debt of the United States. You know this. We talked about it. 
authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. Some legal scholars contend that language overrides the statutory borrowing limit, which currently caps federal spending at $31.4 trillion and requires congressional approval to raise or lift it. They're not scholars. They're frauds and phonies. There's a reason why no past administration has taken that position. Because it's unconstitutional. And the 14th Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, as applies to that language, has nothing to do with this. It related to the Civil War, as I explained at the time. Interesting in this article, they don't provide the entire paragraph. It was in the context of the Civil War. They call this the full faith and credit clause on the left. McConnell, Wall Street Journal editorial page, the rhinos, the jackasses, all of them. Look at this, the full faith and credit. We have to pay the full faith. That has nothing to do with this. And secondly, as I've explained at length, all Biden and the Democrats have to do is reduce the amount of their budget, of their future budget. But they won't do it. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Here's what Joe Biden's thinking about doing and what he's being urged to do. What he's being urged to do is violate federal law to take the 14th Amendment language which applied to the Civil War era debt. You heard the word insurrection and so forth. Favorite of the Democrats who are the real insurrectionists. And to continue to issue debt. To pretend the federal law limit isn't even there. To continue to issue debt. And you can hear him give a speech. I asked them for a clean debt bill. They wouldn't give it to me. I'm not going to allow people on Social Security and Medicare. I'm not going to allow people on food stamps, the United States military, you know, list everybody to pull at your heartstrings. I'm not going to allow this economy to collapse so you folks out there will lose your jobs, you'll lose your savings. You can hear the speech. And so I've decided 
then under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, I have to continue to issue debt. That is, debt instruments to pay the debt. And so I've directed the Treasury Secretary to do, well, we're going to sue them, we go into court, which takes time. The Democrats always play the game, catch me if you can. And who's to say they won't get five justices on the court to agree with them and change the Constitution on the fly? That's the problem. Now, why do you care? Well, not only is it a violation of the Constitution, no limits can ever be placed on spending short of what the Democrats want to do. When you have this debt ceiling battle, where Congress is forced to fight over the debt under Article I of the Constitution, it's Congress that does the spending, the borrowing, and the taxing, the House in particular. The President can simply say, you know, under the 14th Amendment, I'm going to issue debt instruments, in other words, bonds, other forms of treasury instruments, whether Congress likes it or not, uh, that'll be a final nail in the heart of the Republic. That's a killer to separation of powers. The House of Representatives might as well go home. And can you imagine when the Democrats control all branches of government? The massive spending that's already occurred will be more massive. More massive. That's the problem. And so Joe Biden's playing chicken with the Republicans. Joe Biden is, at bottom, a liar and a propagandist. He and his surrogates are blaming the Republicans for failing to pass a clean debt bill, which means simply to pay the bills for the Democrats. Whereas the Republicans are saying, no, Joe, you've got to cut this budget. It is too massive. And he says... I'm not cutting anything. I need a clean debt bill. You are threatening the full faith and credit of the United States. That'll be repeated by Schmuck Todd. That'll be repeated. By the way, is George Stephanopoulos still with us, or is he taking a hiatus from being a fake journalist? You'll hear it on Deface the Nation. You'll hear it on Meet the Depressed. MSLSD, the Crap News Network. These straight journalists, you know, who only do the news. Yeah, yeah, you'll hear it from them because they're ignoramuses and they're actually not really straight news presenters. And the whole Democrat Party propaganda machine, which is mostly 98% of the media and the rest of it, will push right into gear. Right into gear. So uh, that's what's going on. And you know what's interesting? McCarthy has not offered really brutal cuts. The low-hanging fruit is what he's picked. He's saying, let's take the COVID money out because we didn't spend. No, we won't. No, we won't. 
The Constitution's text bars the federal government from defaulting on the debt. Even a little, even for a short while, says Garrett Epps, a constitutional scholar at the University of Oregon's Law School, he wrote in November. There's a case to be made that if Congress decides to default on the debt, the president has the power and the obligation to pay it without congressional permission, even if that requires borrowing more money to do so. This man should have his law license yanked. His law license yanked. He's either either intellectually stupid or he's as dishonest as they come. There's no in-between. No in-between. Others say the limit is constitutional. The statute is a necessary component of Congress's power to borrow and has proved capable of serving as a useful catalyst for budgetary reform aimed at debt reduction, said Anita Krishna, Krishna Kumar, Krishna Kumar, a Georgetown University law professor, wrote in a 2005 Law Review article. She's correct. She is correct, which is why I wanted to pronounce her name correctly. The president has repeatedly said it's the job of Congress to raise the limit. doesn't matter. He'll turn on a dime. Plus, he's not even running anything, except his mouth. But that interpretation of the 14th Amendment is so dishonest. It's so dishonest. ABC News asked Ms. Yellen in a debt ceiling standoff in 2021 if she would invoke the 14th Amendment to resolve it. You can't invoke the 14th Amendment to resolve it. That's not how these dweebs write. We shouldn't be in a position where we need to consider whether or not the 14th Amendment applies. We're always in that position. We're always in that position when a Democrat is in office. Because as much as the Republicans spend, McConnell is one of the biggest spenders in American history. Did you know that? One of the biggest borrowers in American history, but for the Democrats, who are always higher. You can meet them at their number, and they'll want more. Oh, we should have asked for more. Should have grabbed more. Because they don't even believe that debt is an issue. You heard the idiot president when he said, when we spend more money, we lower inflation. Right, honey? By the way, did you hear his racist comment to a Muslim guy the other day, Mr. Producer? What did he say? Be quiet, boy? Be quiet, boy? Something like that? Got minimal attention. You know, if that were Trump, we'd have 12 days of uh, news on this thing. For Tucker, you know, we'd have 50 days of news on this thing. He said, hush up, boy. Hush up, boy. Oh, that's just Joe. And it just flows by. Oh, that's just Joe. Joe is a racist. It's still in his blood. Once a racist, always a racist. Joe is a racist. All the Democrats supporting him know it. Like this idiot Ellie Mistel. Or Joy Reid. Or Joe Scarborough. 
or Mika Brzezinski. They all know it. We all know it. But he's pushing radical left policies, and that's what they want. What do they say? Any Marxist in a storm will do, Mr. Producer? I think that's the way it works. 14th Amendment does not provide any kind of protection that empowers a president to literally eviscerate the core function of the House of Representatives. It simply does not. Obama administration officials briefly considered and quickly discarded the constitutional theory when Republicans refused to raise the limit in 2011 unless the president agreed to spending cuts. Treasury lawyers never issued a formal opinion on the question. They've not yet this year, department officials said this week. Yeah, they're not the ones that matter. The Office of Legal Counsel is the office that matters at the Department of Injustice. And I can, I can assure you that under Meritless Garland, they'll do what they're told. So you won't get an honest opinion. But in a letter to the editor of the New York Slimes in 2011, George W. Madison, who was Treasury's general counsel at the time, suggested the department officials did not subscribe to the theory. He was directly challenging an assertion by the constitutional law professor, Lawrence H. Tribe, nitwit, who wrote in an opinion essay in the New York Times that Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner had pushed to embrace the 14th Amendment interpretation which Mr. Tribe opposed. Like every previous Secretary of Treasury who has confronted the question, wrote Mr. Madison, Secretary Geithner has always viewed the debt limit as a binding legal constraint that can only be raised by Congress. That's Article One of the Constitution. There's only one place where these bills can be initiated. Now, I want to ask you a question. The fact that Biden is even considering this does not, not tell you what a totalitarian this regime is, how totalitarian it is, rather. Does it? Yes, it does. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Why do you always say yellow? 
You ever wanted that, Mr. Producer? Yeah. Number one. Because I have fun mocking it. But number two, grabbing your attention. But number three, when I was a kid, I had a, a handful of best buddies. A guy by the name of Bob Hackle. Eric Christensen, who's still a dear friend today. And a buddy named Jack Ringelstein Jr. And when I would call Jack's house, his dad, who was as nice as could be, would answer the phone. And he would always answer the phone with, yellow, yellow. And I would laugh to myself because it was funny. And so I do that to entertain myself. Hopefully it's entertaining you too. I don't know. Now what I found out is another channel I watch, and I won't get into that. Some of the hosts and vendors on that channel now do the same thing, Mr. Producer. Isn't that funny? So obviously they heard it, and they do it, and I'm laughing, because who would have thought that's something that would be picked up elsewhere? But it is, and that's great. I love it. Because I was like 12, 11, 12, 13 years old. And I just remembered it. And you don't give a damn. I know. I don't blame you very much for that, but here we are. And so this issue, circling back to the destruction of our country, this issue in the budget is very important. Stick with us through the weeks ahead. You're not going to get, you're not going to get the facts. You're not going to get the skinny on this from anywhere else. So stick with me. I will explain it to you again and again and apply it to whatever is taking place. All right. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number... Already the final hour of the program. 877 381 3811. 877 381 3811. Okay, in Atlanta, this guy in a, uh, in the waiting room, in a medical building, we don't know really any of the details, pulls out a gun and starts spraying bullets all over the place, shot five women. 
one of whom died, unfortunately. And they just caught him. And I want to salute all the police departments, law enforcement departments that were involved in that, because that was not easy. In a dense area, with the suburbs not too far away, but they pulled in everybody. <clears throat> they pulled in the police in Atlanta, in the county, Cobb County. They pulled in uh, the Georgia Bureau, the state police, they tro- the FBI. They pulled in uh, the police for the various colleges and universities in the area, as well as the school systems. I mean, it was all hands on deck, and I want to congratulate law enforcement at all levels because that's law enforcement at its best just like Nashville was law enforcement at its best people don't care about color they don't care about any of it they said let's get this guy he just killed he shot a bunch of people tried to kill apparently a number of them the spokesman at the hospital said that the uh, many of the wounds were pretty horrific And uh, there again, that's not a gun control issue. That is a criminal control issue. I don't know how you stop people from acquiring guns with an open border either. You Democrats are going to have to explain that. Joe Biden's going to have to explain that. I'm serious. You talk about... People shouldn't be able to purchase guns in the United States with this, that, and the other. And I'm saying, well, what about the guns that come across the border illegally? What about those? Anyway, so the killer's been apprehended now. Meanwhile, back in Nashville, from Outkick, David Hookstead, Police announced manifesto of the Nashville transgender mass killer will not now be released, and not anytime soon. What? It's been put on hold. The Nashville Police Department had previously told Fox News Digital last week that the manifesto was being revealed and would be released. People are interested to see what drove the killer to murder six innocent people, including three children at the Covenant School, the Christian School in Nashville. Metro Nashville PD tweeted, Covenant investigation update due to pending litigation filed this week. The Metropolitan Nashville Police Department has been advised by counsel to hold in abeyance the release of records related to the shooting at the Covenant School pending orders or direction of the court. Now, here's the thing. We have a First Amendment in this country. This mass murder wrote a manifesto, kept journals, and other notes. Now, I don't know what a court's waiting for, anybody's waiting for. The premise is that the people have a right to know, particularly of something, something of this horrific nature. I can think of no reason to withhold the release of this information. None. The mass murder is dead. So it's not a matter of bringing a criminal case. 
or upsetting a criminal case. The The update is in response to a lawsuit filed by former Hamilton County Sheriff Jim Hammond and the Tennessee Firearms Association against the Nashville city government and the police to release the manifesto. As of early May, we still haven't seen it. And this occurred in March. Body camera footage is out of cops smoking, uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into the different posts. But it really is outrageous. Now, there's a lot that crossed my desk in the course of the day to prepare for this program, a lot that crosses my brain. But I wanted to mention this because it is outrageous that this is being withheld. And let me suggest, whatever is in this material, whatever it is, we the public have a right to make a determination on our own. Good, bad, or ugly. That's the point of a free press. I want to bring you further up to speed as this just came out on the killer in Atlanta. Suspect at a Midtown Atlanta medical building, this CNN, that left one woman dead and four others wounded. It's in custody after hours-long manhunt, according to the Atlanta Police Department. Authorities searched for nearly eight hours after they said 24-year-old Dion Patterson, Dion Patterson, opened fire in the waiting room of a Northside Hospital Medical, of Northside Hospital Medical, killing a 39-year-old woman and sending four others to the hospital before fleeing in a vehicle he carjacked nearby. Authorities were called to the scene just after noon. Atlanta Police Chief Darren Shirebaum said the woman wounded ranged in age from 25 to 71. This police chief was really good. And I have to say the mayor was too. I don't know anything about the mayor. But certainly in this instance, he was pretty good. Patterson was seen in the carjacked vehicle on license plate recognition cameras in the Cobb County area around 12.30 p.m. Cobb County was not alerted until 2.30 p.m. that the suspect may be in the area. And so they started looking for the license plate on these various cameras that they have. And the footage of Patterson was taken from a camera located by Windy Ridge Parkway and Heritage Court. You know, one of the things I've learned by watching this, this show, this series, The First 48, which I like to watch, even though it's a little depressing, is how homicide detectives do their jobs. And they are remarkable. Both in in terms of how they deal with their emotions, and the emotions, obviously, of the families of the victims. But in terms of how they really start with nothing and track things down, one of the first things they look for, any video around, the cartridges, fingerprint, you know, the usual stuff. But a lot of times they have nothing, nothing to go on. And it's tough to break a case when you have nothing to go on. And yet oftentimes they manage to do it. Now, what do they need? They need resources. They need cops. When you're investigating a murder, and three days later another murder comes in, and two weekends later two more murders come in, I'm talking about like in Chicago or Philadelphia or somewhere, 
You can't stay on top of it all. It's painstaking work. Even tracking down phone numbers, uh, getting the kinds of uh, warrants that you need, the various labs that are involved, it's a lot of effort, and mostly the shoe leather. So if you don't have enough detectives, you don't have enough cops, it's not going to get done. It's not a racial thing. It's a resource thing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, I have more information on the killer. Um, CNN says a high-level source with the Atlanta Police Department told them, according to Patterson's mother, the suspect was seeking new treatment. After being dissatisfied with the care he was receiving from the Department of Veterans, uh, Veterans Affairs, CNN has reached out to the VA for comment. The suspect was a former Coast Guardsman. Patterson entered the Coast Guard in July 2018, and he last served as an electrician's mate second class. A statement from the Coast Guard said he was discharged from active duty in January 2023, three months ago, really less. Coast Guard said they're working closely with Atlanta police other authorities in the shooting investigation. We have more on the victims. Four victims were taken to downtown's Grady Memorial Hospital, Atlanta's only level one trauma center. Three of them who came to the hospital in critical condition were in the intensive care unit this evening. While the fourth victim is in stable condition, the three critical patients underwent surgery before they were moved to the ICU. One of the critical patients needed surgery for a gunshot wound to the abdomen, while the other for a wound to the arm. The third patient was taken to the hospital for a gunshot wound to the face and required an interventional radiology procedure, which is used to stop bleeding by means of catheters inserted directly into blood vessels. The fourth victim, who is unstable, will likely not need surgery. And, of course, one of them was killed. Um, let's see if there's any other. I don't want to go through just the regurgitating stuff. A high-level source within the Atlanta Police Department told CNN the suspect and his mother arrived Wednesday today for a medical appointment for himself. The man at some point became agitated started shooting using a handgun. Atlanta police spokesman Chata Spikes similarly said the man was attending a medical appointment for himself when the shooting occurred. Want to hear this? Police declined to further describe the nature of the appointment, citing HIPAA regulations, Mr. Producer. Is that not absurd? The man's mother, who was uninjured, is currently cooperating with the police. She must be a wreck over what she saw and what's going on now. I'm looking if there's more. CNN going on about mass shootings, gun control, and so forth. <clears throat> okay, but in any event, 
You know what we know. Now, if they go to a live mic, a live uh, press conference, we'll take it because I, for one, am curious about this. Uh, further curious about this. So this was not, you know, this was not planned and so forth. He was uh, in the Coast Guard. He probably had a carry permit, and whether he did or not, he had his pistol with him. And whatever he was getting treatment for, we don't know. We can guess. Uh, he was not happy about the treatment he got, and that led to him shooting. You just never know when your number comes up. You never know. Going into a doctor's office, sitting in the waiting room. God knows we've all done that. And the next thing you know, and that's... Uh... All right, let's move on. A friend of mine sent me this. Trees planted with public money to help Scotland achieve net zero in terms of carbon emissions are adding to the nation's carbon emissions, an expert says. So they've planted trees in order to reduce carbon emissions. Now the weird thing again is the language, carbon emissions. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. Carbon emissions. So why, as a, as a base matter, why would you plant trees to reduce carbon emissions. Anybody know? Yes, Sally in the back. Yes! How old are you, Sally? Eleven! And why would you do that? Because plants need carbon dioxide to create oxygen. And we call osmosis. Oh. You're not a meteorologist, are you? No. What's that? Anyway, so you you plant more trees, the argument goes, because they suck up the carbon dioxide and they push out the oxygen, right? So they say trees planted with public money to help Scotland achieve net zero are adding to the nation's carbon emissions, an expert says. How so? Parts of the countryside have been carpeted with conifers in recent years as part of an attempt to reach net zero by 2045. However, a report from Marianne Smythe, S-M-Y-T-H, of the Crichton Carbon Center. They have a carbon center? Say that some of the new forests are being planted on peat, especially in the southwest. Oh, my God. So what? In the journal Land Use Policy, she said the foresters are digging up and draining large parts of the bog, Releasing carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. I say, we have been planting the wrong type of forest in the wrong place and using the wrong techniques, she said. The industry promotes conifer forests as carbon positive, yet many plantations are emitting carbon. Most of Scotland's forestry has been and is still being planted on organic peaty soils. The problem is acute in southwest Scotland, where afforested headwaters contain high levels of organic carbon and lethal spikes of acidity. Oh, my God! Say what? Organic carbon? Did you know there was organic carbon, Mr. Producer? Yes. Earth pollutes itself. 
Earth craps in its own bed, Mr. Producer. But not really because carbon is not a pollutant for the four billionth time. If we want woodlands to lock up carbon for centuries, we need to move away from draining and disturbing peaty soils to suit plantations. Now, her report was highlighted in, in the Sunday Post, which said that Smythe's concerns were echoed by John Muir Trust, a conservation charity. Yes, we know who John Muir was. Senior Policy Officer Rosie Simpson said Scotland was in danger of repeating the mistakes of the past, such as when conifers were planted on the vital flow country, peat fields of Caithness and Sutherland because of tax incentives. <coughs> it's very complicated. Saving the planet is very complicated. Should we use these trees? No. Should we plant over there? Sure. Now, we shouldn't plant over there because then we'll release the organic carbons from the earth with the legal, lethal spikes of acidity. Oh, my gosh. We're not confident about the long-term carbon savings of commercial plantations on peatlands. You see, these idiots don't get it straight before they act. It's like the idiots in our country. We're going to destroy energy independence. Destroy oil wells. Refineries destroy the whole damn industry and the industries that are attached to them. For what? We're not even sure. I'll be right back. Mark the pen, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. So before we get to the the stories here. I want to see what happened. What did I do? Lose the story? I think I did, Mr. Producer. You want to send me that email again? It's a big breaking story. I want you to be aware of it, America. And let me see here. Oh, there it is. Hold on a second. We're live and national. Quasi-professionals. Here it is. This is a real story from Doreen Gensler. It's been around... News 4 anchor in Washington, D.C. forever. Quite good. How male trees and botanical sexism could be making your allergies worse. This is not the Babylon Bee. If you have seasonal allergies, you know they can be miserable with symptoms ranging from sneezing to itchy eyes to even trouble breathing. Research says landscaping decisions, see, here we go again. In big cities could be making your symptoms worse. Oh, do tell. It's a battle of the sexes involving plants, not people. There's no gender balance in cities anymore, said horticulturist and author Tom Ogren. Ogren coined the phrase botanical sexism. So I will coin a phrase here, Mr. Producer, botanical BS artists. He says city planners and urban landscapers prefer to plant male trees over female trees because they're much easier to maintain. How would that be? I mean, I don't want to get into specifics here. Are there books on this in kindergarten or something? A male tree is easier to maintain than a female tree? How do they reveal themselves? And I mean, are, are there transgender trees? Who knows? 
The males produce millions of flowers, and each flower has hundreds of anthers that produce tons of pollen. The female trees, well, they produce seeds. They produce no pollen. Well, shouldn't that be reverse? Anyway, but female trees do produce fruit and seeds, which litter sidewalks and streets that can get messy. That's why he says urban areas don't have many female trees, which means the pollen from male trees isn't getting absorbed and instead ends up in the air. It sounds grotesque. Quote, this is what I end up with, botanical sexism. Because it does impact allergies and asthma and other diseases as well, because it just increases the pollen count, Ogren said. So in other words, the males are attacked again. It's the problem with the men. Dr. Troy Baker is an allergist with Kaiser Permanente. said the types of trees and shrubs around us can make a big difference when it comes to our health. The wind, pollen trees such as the oak tree, the peach tree, or the birch tree, they're the ones we tend to suffer from the most. Do you believe this crap? Then you have trees that are more like fruit trees. Uh-oh. Do they have seeds or pollen, Mr. Producer? You have the fruit trees that you have to depend on the pollinators, such as honeybees or insects, to pollinate these flowers. Those don't typically bother us as much. No, I wouldn't think so. Ogren said he's mapped it out and found that tree pollen is particularly bad around public places such as schools, parks, and hospitals. So we should thank the loggers, I think. Cut them down, round them up. If you line a tree with nothing but male red maples or something, good Lord, you're creating what I would just call a pollen corridor. When that thing goes off, it'll blow people away. Who knew this about trees? More than 50 million Americans suffer from allergies each year, and they are the sixth leading cause of chronic illness in the U.S. It's entirely possible to create female versions of all of these trees, he said. A female tree doesn't cost one penny more to grow than a male. How do we know a female tree if we don't need to know what a female human being is, Mr. Producer? Sounds quite sexist to me. Ogren's wife had bad allergies and asthma. He said her condition was the catalyst for his research on allergy-friendly plants and trees over the past 50 years. I have a solution to the whole damn thing. Moved to Arizona. All they have is cacti. You heard me. Cacti, desert, rattlesnakes, scorpions, but nonetheless, not a lot of male trees or female trees. It's detreed. No gender concerns there. But why are certain trees called male trees and certain trees called female trees? I'm curious about this. And do you need a horticultural degree to figure this out? I never even realized this was going on. Did you, Mr. Medusa? I didn't have the foggiest idea until NBC4 in Washington, D.C., Doreen Gensler and Patricia Fantis reported that. I didn't know. Now we have to be opposed to male trees, if we can define them. I guess we call them they trees. 
the female trees, I guess we call them they trees too. And the transitioning trees, one from the other, what do we call them? We'll have to ask Chuck Todd, because obviously they're on a spectrum. I never knew any of this before, America. But it has, in fact, caught my attention now. Auto repairs are a headache, especially when they come out of nowhere. And that's why my family relies on CarShield to give us peace of mind. Now, you're probably saying to yourself about, now, Mark, I can't even make my budget work today. I got it. And that's exactly why I'm promoting CarShield. Because something's going to happen to your car at some point, and you're going to get walloped. And if you're out of warranty, you won't have any kind of protection whatsoever. Or if you never had an extended warranty, you won't get any kind of protection whatsoever. Or the warranty you have will not protect what it is that breaks. How many times has that happened? Well, we don't have to worry about the rising cost of car repairs or haggling over costs. Even if your car is just over three years old, it's still prone to expensive costs, particularly with supply chain issues and all the rest of it. Plus, we've locked in our price. It can never go up. This is the key. You lock in the price, it can never go up, no matter how bad inflation gets. And it's going to get worse. Because we're going from stagflation to an all-out recession. And if the genius in the White House has its way, we're going to have a debt crisis, and we're going to be in a depression. And I'm not kidding. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. Let's break into the uh, the news conference in Are the uh, police chief of Cobb County, as well as the Fulton County Sheriff, as well as our uh, APD uh, police chief, as well as our fire rescue chief, Chief Smith. Uh, I want to thank also our local college uh, police offices and also our Atlanta Public Schools police office, as well as neighboring jurisdictions, the state of Georgia, and the federal government. Uh, that has all chipped in on this support today. We also have strong coordination with our fire and rescue and emergency medical personnel. And last but not least, we must thank our E911 operators who spent the day fielding calls as we tracked this suspect. I am pleased to share with you that thanks to our strong partnership with Cobb County Police Department, law enforcement have taken the suspect into custody. Thanks to the highly trained police officers across our region, we are able to bring this suspect into custody without further harm. He will be charged and stand trial for his crimes. Not only did law enforcement bring this man into custody, they also kept our community safe during an enormously tense afternoon and evening. I want to thank our citizens for keeping calm, staying in place, and for providing critical information to law enforcement throughout the day. Now I'm going to turn it over to law enforcement to share an update, and I'll return to share a few additional remarks later. Now I'll turn it over to APD Police Chief Darren Sherbaugh. Thank you, Mayor. 
I want to thank the members of the press for being here this evening. You all have played an important role today uh, as we kept citizens both in Atlanta and Cobb County informed, uh, asked for their assistance as we sought the apprehension of this very dangerous perpetrator. And thank you for returning tonight to again update those uh, of our various communities. The mayor spoke today of a, a capable, competent and brave response by the first responder network that served not only the city but this region. And I just want the men and women of the Atlanta Police Department to know, those that are in our 911 center, our first responding officers, our tactical teams, our investigators, how proud yet again I am of you of the work that you have done today on behalf of this city and in the most dire of circumstances you have shown uh, what you do daily for the men and women that call this city home and those that visit here. But if you look closely on the earliest uh, views from the crime scene, you saw not only the Atlanta Police Department responding, you saw a network of officers representing multiple agencies who have trained for this various outcome, Mr. Mayor, over and over again, uh, that a day that this tragedy should befall the city that we would be ready. And I stand here today to tell you that the first responder network was there today for their city. Uh, the Sheriff of Fulton County, Sheriff Labatt, the Georgia State Patrol, the Marta Police Department, Georgia Tech Police Department, Georgia State University, Marshals, they were all on scene quickly, executing their active shooter protocol to stop the situation. And then very shortly we were joined by the GBI, the FBI, the Secret Service, as well as the United States Marshal Service as we sought to bring this person into custody. And that investigation soon showed us that this perpetrator had left the city and remained a threat elsewhere. And uh, Sheriff Van Hooser, I just want you to know that we are a grateful city tonight uh, for your partnership and the efforts of your uh, law enforcement agency to take this individual into custody. And then this morning we celebrated the bravery of Atlanta Fire Rescue, uh, not far from here as for their annual commemoration of Firefighters Day. And to see the paramedics and firefighters when we did not know where the shooter was, that could easily have still been in the building, around the corner, to see our firefighters dismount their trucks and Chief Smith go into that situation. But it wasn't the first time I've seen that, Chief, because we had seen that in training over and over again. And today, when it was necessary to save lives, uh, we were very proud to see you a strong partnership as we moved into that dangerous situation. And thank you. At this time, I'm going to ask our Deputy Chief of Criminal Investigations, Charles Hampton, to come forward to recap what has transpired today, uh, what we have learned from the investigation, and then Chief Van Hooser will come forward to outline how his department uh, led to the capture of this perpetrator today. Chief. Uh, good evening. Uh, what we do know, uh, we know that shortly before noon, uh, the subject entered into 1110 uh, uh, West Peachtree Street and went to a medical center uh, inside the building. Uh, it was shortly thereafter uh, that the, he shot uh, our first victim and then the first 911 call came uh, after that. Uh, he spent about uh, maybe two minutes inside the uh, building uh, where he then exited on foot uh, and, and what we were able to pick up on uh, the camera network system is that he went to a shell gas station uh, where he commandeered a vehicle that car was pickup truck uh, was left uh, running unattended uh, and he took that vehicle. Uh, we were able to uh, again use video uh, to obtain a tag and immediately place that tag into our LPR system, our license plate reader system. Uh, and so at that time we had to really do some work uh, to figure out where he was at. Uh, there was a series of search warrants drafted uh, both here in Atlanta and Cobb County. Uh, because we were getting information of residents and other locations that he may go to. 
Uh, so that was done as well. And then uh, roughly around 1230, uh, we received an alert from the LPR system uh, that he was in Cobb County. Uh, and so that, uh, again, we were on the phone immediately with Cobb uh, to let them know uh, that this individual uh, All right, was somewhere folks, in this we're going to have to drop it and from here. Just want to salute law enforcement at all levels out there in the Atlanta area, the people of Atlanta in that area. Now, this killer is no longer roaming your streets. We salute our armed forces, police officers every night, our emergency personnel, firefighters, all the men and women drive our trucks, and the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine. God bless you.